Stock markets moved sharply higher into mid-August, hoping for a shift towards an easier Federal Reserve in the fourth quarter and in 2023. Real interest rates were falling into Chairman Powell's speech in late August. Jerome Powell's eight-minute speech at Jackson Hole on Friday, August 26th, threw cold water on that whole thesis. The Fed's September 22nd FOMC release and the question and answer session that followed with Chairman Powell put further upward pressure on real interest rates and downward pressure on all risk assets. There's only one winner on the day. The US dollar hit a new decade high. For now, the dollar remains the world's currency of safety. Risk assets don't like this at this stage in the business cycle. With every market X the US closed at the time of the FOMC release, the final two hours of trading was one of the bigger whipsaw sessions of the year, with stocks rallying over 3,900, but closing on their lows, with the S&P 5 falling back below 3,800 on the day. I'm Chris Paris with Oak Harvest Financial Group in Houston, and welcome to our weekly Stock Talk podcast, keeping you connected to your money. Before we get into this week's topic, the Fed playing catch-up to inflation has really hurt risk assets all year, please take a moment to click on the subscribe button and click on the notification bell so you'll be alerted when our team uploads our latest content. Well, Chairman Powell has repeatedly said the Fed and its committee is data dependent. The government data they review continues to show elevated and stubborn inflation. The Fed tends to rely on data collected by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which has historically lagged what's going on in the real-time economy by months, if not quarters, both on the way up and the way down. The release of August CPI data on September 13th exceeded analyst expectations and set off a cascade down in stocks and up in Fed rate interest rate expectations. Powell's words out of the September FOMC meeting on September 21st gave hope for about an hour that the Fed's interest rate path in the fourth quarter would be data dependent. However, the computers took over trading the Fed's dot plot interest rate forecast which was more hawkish than markets expected. The FOMC's talk suggests another 75 basis points and another 50 basis points hike this year, taking monetary policy into a very restrictive place. Viewers recall that the Fed's dot plot has a very poor track record in predicting exactly what the Fed will end up doing over time. Only a year ago, that dot plot and the Fed funds future said the Fed would raise rates once or twice in 2022 to about 50 basis points, or maybe 75 basis points. The Fed has already raised interest rates three times in the last five months by 75 basis points each time. In his remarks, Fed Chairman Powell said, we have yet to get inflation under control. If one believes the Fed's 2.5% neutral rate and real-time inflation break-even rates of 2.25% to 2.5%, the Fed is already achieving their inflation goal. It already is but they don't see it yet in their own government BLS data. This hawkish talk has caused two-year Treasury rates to spike over 60 basis points since the Jackson Hole speech. These yields now sit near 4.2%, a risk-free rate starting to compete against stocks and other yield instruments for the first time in over a decade. Outside of the end of the Volcker years in the 1970s, shorter-term interest rates are rising faster than any point in the last 70 years. Only 1994 comes close, when interest rates doubled by 300 basis points in 12 months. Putting this into perspective, the pace of change is about the same but opposite direction as how fast the Fed cut rates in the wake of the great financial crisis in 2008. Recall back then, 
while leaders in the new bull market appeared in October and November of 2008, it took almost until March of 2009 before the overall financial markets bottomed and pivoted higher. Our team doesn't seem a great financial type crisis or credit event or market risk inherent in the market right now. Remember, these monetary policies work with a lag both on the way up and down. The stimulative COVID monetary responses in the second quarter of 2020 took six to nine months to work their way into the economy. That's even though the stock market had already anticipated its effects. Stocks moved sharply higher in advance of the economic recovery that happened. Likewise, the stock markets have moved down throughout 2022 in front of the Fed's monetary policy tightening in its economic effects. Stocks have anticipated slow to negative economic growth in the first half of 2022 against near impossible comparable growth in the first half of 2021. Economic growth, which has now been negative for the first two quarters of the year and is the historic definition of a recession, is now forecast to barely grow for this year, 2022. The Fed's forecast is 0.2% growth in 2022 and then 1.2% in 2023. The rapid rate increase will almost certainly mean higher unemployment, lower wages, and likely a few more quarters of negative growth until inflation heads lower. Powell emphasized that higher unemployment is going to be an unfortunate cost of lowering inflation. He followed this up with, but failure to restore price stability would mean far greater pain longer term. The Fed raised rates by 75 basis points last week. That's the third time this year. Over the previous 30 years, the Fed only raised rates by three quarters of a percent one other time. When was that? That was November of 1994. Alan Greenspan announced a rate hike from four and three quarters to five and a half percent. Recall much like this year, we had started raising rates early in 1994 when rates were 3%. By the time Greenspan raised rates by 75 basis points in late November 1994, the stock market had already been declining for about 10 months from its absolute peak, returning to where it was almost 18 to 24 months earlier. Unfortunately, this 18 to 24 month round trip in stocks is a common theme when the Fed is tightening monetary policy in order to combat inflation or slow down economic growth. The Fed raised interest rates from 3 to 6% from February 1994 to February 1995, including the November 75 basis point raise. Take a look at the chart of the S&P 500 in 1994. The circles are the beginning of the Fed tightening cycle, and the one in November was Greenspan's 75 basis point increase. As one can see, the stock market was already heading up and to the right before Greenspan pivoted to the notion of possibly cutting rates in the second half of 1995. The markets were most interested in the rate of change in monetary policy, not the absolute level. So the current Fed is taking the current inflation problem deathly seriously with these 75 basis point rate hikes. Why? It wants to make sure inflation expectations don't become unanchored. It means that the Fed doesn't want consumers or businesses to expect prices to rise in the future. While the real-time markets see inflation fears and risks subsiding, with Powell's FOMC speech, asset investors are afraid the Fed doesn't care and are set on a path of causing a recession to meet their inflation-fighting goals. As we've discussed a few times this year, the main cause for a broad downturn in all assets, including commodities, is the market expectations of higher real interest rate yields, the second component of interest rates, 
not so much their inflation fears. Does the Fed want to throw our economy into recession to tame inflation? Inflation, by all accounts, they created much of by staying too easy with their monetary policy in 2021. Do they want to throw us into a recession as the parts of inflation they don't control, like commodities and energy prices, are already falling fast? I don't know. That seems draconian to me, but I don't run the Federal Reserve. Powell all but said they're willing to bypass a soft landing. But with so many job openings for so few workers, would a recession look like recessions in the past? A full employment recession? What I do believe is that as soon as the markets feel the Fed sees the pace of inflation slowing, whether that's in the real-time data series, which we watch, or the lagging government BLS data, like monthly CPI prints dropping, and the pace of their rate increases begins to slow, it'll likely be reflected almost immediately in a peaking of real interest rates across the interest rate maturity curve. The real-world, real-time data that leads shelter PCE by six to eight months are now declining sharply. Things like consumer inflation expectations and commodity prices like lumber and copper have tumbled. Here are charts from Ed Hyman showing the rollover in real-time New York rents and apartment surveys showing we are past peak property. Unfortunately, the Fed focuses on slower BLS data series. What I do believe is that as soon as the markets feel the Fed sees the pace of inflation slowing, which points towards fourth quarter of 2022 in the BLS data, this will likely lead to a collective exhale of relief by investors across stocks, bonds, commodities, and real estate, and a retreat in market volatility around almost all asset classes. Much as the financial markets saw from mid-June through mid-August, a collective exhale would likely cause a collapse of future volatility expectations, calmer markets, and a significant upward rally in stocks. Amongst the wreckage in risk assets last week, a few signs are appearing that we are quickly reaching what could be a maximum negative normal seasonal extreme in the third quarter of an election year. Three things are showing up. One, sentiment indicators, such as the AAI survey, are sporting the least bulls and most bears in almost 30 years. Two, the market is nearing oversold levels again based on technical indicators such as MACDs and other oscillators. And three, the late 2021 hedgers who foresaw a 2022 correction, which has morphed into the first bear market in years, are starting to slowly nibble at reversing their insurance policies, which had extended all the way out into early October of this year. The first smart money group that went into the fear trade back in the fourth quarter of 2021 is slowly beginning to ease out of these positions. Back to investor sentiment, it's bordering on somber. According to Ned Davis research, the bearish narrative and sentiment has been around now for the third longest time in the last 30 years. Their data is now at 112 consecutive trading days. The only two other stretches that were longer were in 2002 and the second half of 2008. These, of course, were part of two secular bear markets. The only other one to last more than 100 trading days was during the 2011 European sovereign debt crisis. While returns in all three cases were negative for a few months after we passed the 100-day mark, the median return a year later was up over 20%. A 20% return would currently clock in around the S&P 500 
4550 to 4600 in mid 2023. To put that into perspective, that's about where we were a year ago nearing Halloween. That being said, the NDR historic data also shows that waiting for sentiment to exit extreme pessimism is also a profitable strategy. Exiting extreme pessimism, not waiting on optimism to return. Historically, bear markets have been in a rearview mirror by months or more prior to investors leaving the extreme side of pessimism. And we know stock market bottoms comes months before economic data shows meaningful and sustained upturn. It's been a mess this year and a difficult environment for the stock and bond markets as the markets wrestle with how slow the economy will get as the Fed continues its inflation fight. The real-time data behind the scenes says the Fed is already succeeding in lowering inflation. Investors want to know that the Fed sees it, believes it too, and is willing to take their foot off the gas of monetary policy tightening as inflation slows. For now, the markets remain frightened that the Fed is driving the monetary bus in the wrong direction too fast. Inflation is rolling over. Zillow reports that August apartment rents have declined in many markets across the U.S. U.S. food prices are beginning to decline. Meat and dairy prices at my local supermarket are on sale for the first time in over two years. If the upcoming inflation reports that the Fed follows that typically are slow to react and are lagging, surprise to the upside, better than expected, that would be the start of a true turnaround in risk assets. The impact from the recent Fed rate hikes are being quickly passed on into the financial markets and other markets such as the housing market and other credit markets such as junk bonds. Citrix Systems bond underwriters just had to take a large loss on billions of debts that they had in a bridge loan for that deal because interest rates have moved so fast against them. Unfortunately, areas of the real economy that the Fed is watching, such as jobs and wages, have yet to feel the full impact of these aggressive interest rate hikes. Viewers and listeners, they will be impacted. As the Fed themselves say, monetary policy actions tend to influence economic activity, employment, and prices with a long and variable lag. For the last six months, and particularly since Jackson Hole, the Fed has been using harsh rhetoric and forward guidance because they know it can have an immediate effect on the financial markets and the economy without a lag. Unfortunately, that brings about higher market volatility that few longer-term investors who are not traders enjoy. I mean, I know I'm not enjoying much of 2022 any more than any other longer-term investor. If the ongoing market volatility is making you feel uneasy, give us a call and schedule a meeting with an Oak Harvest advisor. Our team does have insurance-based tools that don't have the volatility of public markets. However, we have to remind you that these investments also carry lower long-term expected returns. At Oak Harvest, we think our clients are best served by us helping them plan for their future needs instead of focusing on the past. The future and stock markets are always uncertain, and that is why our retirement planning teams plan for your retirement needs first and your greed second. Give us a call to speak to advisor and let us help you craft a financial plan that helps you meet your retirement goals. Call us here at 877-896-0040 and schedule an advisor consultation. We are here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. I'm Chris Paris, and from the whole team here, have a blessed weekend.
All content contained within Oak Harvest Podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss and past performance is not indicative of future results.